What's happening? This is the Tap In Podcast. You are live. We're live on Zoom again with one of my childhood partners, Mr. Preston Smiles. Man, how you doing, man? Rah! Let's go. Oh, yes, man. It is. Uh, it, I'm doing well, man. I'm, I'm stretched because I got and you know you know this you know the struggle i got three kids under three and another one on the way and we just moved into a new house and business is crazy so uh i'm over here feeling it but you know (laughs) making it happen my kids don't sleep either it's two types of kids in the world kids that sleep and kids that don't (laughs) and all of my kids all of them don't sleep oh okay how many how many kids you got now it'll be four uh, in September, you, she has another one. Y'all yep. having another one? Yep. Goodness gracious! Mm-hmm. I remember. I remember. Uh, it was probably like college or high school. Y'all was like, Dante, you gonna be the first one to have kids? <laughs> and I was like, No, nah, I don't think so, man. I don't think so. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Were hey. you? Were you? Or did Ali have kids first? Um, I think Ali's daughter is older than mine. Okay. Yeah, 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 I think I think by a few months. So yeah. yeah, yeah, man, you still you still got us all beat. Because how many how many kids you got? So I got three girls and a stepson. So we total four. Damn. Yeah, yeah, you right there. Yeah, and the girls got twins too, right? Yeah, yeah, I got twins as well. Yeah, it, it was something in that San Pedro water got us out here. <laughs> <laughs> That's dope, man. Yo, you know, I was thinking about when I was uh, about to do this interview. Do you remember when we went to the club and I wore my mom's shirt, a see-through shirt to the club? <laughs> it was like a white see-through. I had a white beater underneath and we were just in the club just chilling. And I didn't know, I didn't think nothing was wrong with it until some dude walked up and was like, hey, man, where you get that shirt from? I was like, what? <laughs> I was like, what? And I was, I was like, oh shit, this isn't Forever 21 shirt. <laughs> that is hilarious. I do remember that. We, I mean, we used to dress crazy, man. Um, and the craziest part for, to me is how many like different phases and chapters we we went through. Because I was, um, I was talking to somebody the other day, and they were like, you know, when you were when you were young, would you? Would you, what you used to do? And I was like, well, when I moved to San Pedro, my whole life became about basketball, just mm. being outside. And I'll never forget, y'all dudes used to break into the gym mm-hmm. um, and play all night. And that was like, oh, these dudes ain't playing. Mm-hmm. And we turned into like a little basketball gang yeah. that was out there <laughs> getting it in. Yeah. Um, and uh the funniest but not funny story. Anybody listening to this is probably going to be like, y'all were some assholes when I tell this story. But do you remember how we used to go out late, late, late at night and just rip people's basketball courts down? I do. I do. Bro, bro when I think about that now as a dad, I'm like, yo, the devastation I would have if somebody came by my house and broke my kids' toys and then ran Right, we was shady as hell. Yeah, shady as hell. <laughs> I don't know what made us even do that, or even whose idea that was. Mm-hmm. But that was just adolescents being young and dumb, and 
100%. I think it was because Shaq at the time was breaking backboards and all of us wanted to feel like we, we had that kind of power. And, yeah. and then it was also like the, the, because young boys don't have rights of passages these days, like they don't have, like back in the day, like way back in the day, they would take, you know, boys our age out into the woods and we would have to go through a rites of passage to become a man. But at that time, shit, I don't think any of us really had dad that were like super present. And so we was just out there fathering ourselves and doing crazy shit, essentially. I think the only, um, the male, the only like consistent male figure at that time was probably Gino. Yep. That was it. You know what I mean? For me, that was it. It was Gino. Um, Yeah, other than that, it was Dean at the boys club when we went to the boys club. That Um, dude. You know, but that was, you know, when we was hooping, you know what I mean? And I was thinking about, I was like, dang, when was the first time that I met uh, Preston? And I remember it was my 10th grade, that summer going to the 11th at the Mm. boys club. I think you you had just moved to San Pedro. And I think Ali had went to, I think he went to Cornell um, to do like a summer program. And I don't remember exactly where Osa was. But that summer, that's all we did was hoop. All day, every day. And I remember seeing you in the boys club and I was like, yo, he hooped just like I do. Like he, mm-hmm. he with it, like he dedicated. I'm like, yo, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna just latch on. And from that day on, that's all we did. Basketball was, a day, like, was our life back then. You know what I mean? Yo. Let me just tell you, and I'm about to tell your viewers a story about you and you, how you saved my life. And I don't even know if you remember this. Uh, you have to remember it because it's such a stupid and funny and crazy <laughs> ass story. So, so one of us got the idea that we were going to do a run out on a pair of shoes down at the bottom of San Pedro. You remember this story? Yes, I do. Uh, Cause you was you really got in trouble. Like you, you got your ass handed to you. But I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm gonna lead them through it. So a run out for anybody who doesn't know is like you go into a liquor store or you go into a shoe store. You try on some shoes. You go in with some dirty ass shoes that you don't mind leaving there, and you put on some new shoes and you run out as fast as possible. And so it was me, Dante, Arthur, 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 and was it anybody else or was it just us three? Um, I think it was, I think it was just us three. It may have been Osa. Maybe you had, your mom had an explorer at the time. Am I right? I'm just, I'm just pulling right now. Yeah. Yeah. It was like a a tan explorer. And I don't know who came up with this idea. This is like middle of the day. Maybe it was summer. I don't know what the fuck we was thinking, but this is just dumb when I think about it now. So we rolling through San Pedro, bumping hip hop, rapping and shit, trying to be tough. And we get the idea, we gonna go all the way down to the bottom where the, where the ports are, kind of by the projects, and we gonna steal some shoes out of this. I, you remember the name of that, that shoe Chuck store? Taylor's. I don't remember the name of the store, but it was some Chuck Bro. Taylor's. Bro, so I will never forget this. We pull up and I guess me and Art, did you even get out of the car or you just stayed in the car? No, I was driving. So I think it was me yeah. and you that stayed in the car. And I think it was Arthur Osa that went into the store. 
Yep. But then they took too long. And I remember going in the store. Um, hold on. It's, it's um, the Internet is shaky right now. Can you hear me clearly? Yeah. There we go. OK. Um, and so at, at one point, I go in the store to, to see what the, why they stalling. And basically. Everybody gets the signal and we go running out of the store full speed. Just I just whoever is listening to this or watching this, just imagine three little crispy ass black dudes running full speed across a road with some brand new shoes on and dive into this Ford Explorer. Right now, where we where we messed up and we're, I don't know how this happened, but there was an undercover cop or something. Is that right? No, it was. A, I think it was just Good Samaritans. Uh, that just seen three kids running out of the store with a guy like chasing them. <laughs> that guy was chasing them. And once you guys jumped in my mom's car, I took off down the road. I just took off. <laughs> so this Samaritan is chasing us all over San Pedro, right? And we're trying to shake him. And at one point we're like, yo, I think he called the cops or something happened. But basically... At that point, we were like, yo, we we pretty much screwed. Like, everybody going down at this point, right? And I think you pulled down an alley and you were like, yo, or we made the decision that we we're going to split up. So all three of we were going to go in different directions. So you stay in the car. I jump out in one direction. Arthur jumps out in another direction. And you got to tell the rest of the story because I don't know what happened after that other than you saved my life because you didn't tell on me. So what, <laughs> what happened? So... Once you guys got out the car, because it was it was the the thought was they're chasing the guys who actually stole the shoes. So let's get if we get rid of the guys who stole the shoes, they'll stop following the car. <laughs> so you guys jump out of the car and I'm still driving and they're still chasing me. And I'm like, what in the like, why are they still chasing me? I don't have the shoes. I don't have the shoes. So I decided to go down this bumpy road. It was like a bunch of holes in it. And they're in a in a Volkswagen, like a legit Volkswagen. And so I'm like, I'm in the Explorer. I'm up higher. I can get through this alley quick. Yeah. So I go through the alley. They're having a hard time bumping through the alley. And I shoot out the alley, go through this other alley, but it's a dead end. Oh, yeah. And I get and I get stopped at the dead end. They pull behind me. I'm begging them man, please, I don't have the shoes. Let me go. I don't have the shoes. Long story short, the police end up finding us. They came um, with the guns drawn, put me on the ground, everything. They take me to jail. And um, they're like, where are the shoes at? I'm like, they, I don't know. They threw, they threw the shoes out. They threw the shoes out. He was like, all right, take me where the shoes are. So I take them to the alley where we dumped the shoes. They get the shoes back. And then they were like, who are those guys you with? I was like, I don't know them. I just met them today. We were just playing basketball. I don't know who they were. You got the shoes. And then they take me back to the store. And then they were like, um, hey, do you, uh, was this the guy who stole? And the store owner was like, no, that's not him. And so once I didn't tell of who, who the guys were or who I was with, they let me go and the police officer, man, I was so happy. He was like, you know what? Because this is your mom's car, I know she works hard. We're not going to impound the car. So they call my mom. She comes get the car. And they pretty much 
I go down to the jail, I sit there for a couple of hours, then they let me go. But I was like, man, what in the fuck? <laughs> I was like, man. And I don't know, man, I don't, that was just some, some craziness that we did that day, man. I, right. I don't know if you knew, but that was my first day having my license. No. The very first day I got my license was no. that day. That's why I'll never forget no. it. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. yeah. I literally hid in somebody's backyard for like maybe an hour. And then I found this girl who I knew from San Pedro and knocked on her door and ran up in her spot. And until like 7 p.m. that night, I was in her apartment. Helicopters going by, the whole thing. They looking for us. I'm like, I no, that's what it was. I ran into a church. You pulled in be, behind in the alleyway. I jumped out and ran into a church. And then I got to this girl's house. But the craziest part, and this is the funniest thing, is when you know you got black parents. Because in my mind, I was like, if this dude tells, if, if somehow, some way my mom finds out, I'm going to get my ass annihilated so all like the whole night and the next morning i was just like please please god if you just get me out of this one just don't have don't have chris don't have dante's mom call my house please i was looking at that phone like oh my god and i never forget i was like he didn't tell on me he didn't tell on me yeah that was that was as kids that was what you just was yeah, taught yeah. you know what i mean don't tell your friends if, if you get caught then you just got to take the blame. You know what I mean? Bro, that shit was crazy. Absolutely crazy, man. Yeah. We, we did so many stupid things, man. I, I'm, I'm so grateful that none of us uh, died except for Junkyard, who, who but that was a whole nother scenario. Yeah. Um, yeah man, man, so here's what I want to transition to. How do you go from that kid running down the street, running from, from, from shoes or the shoe department, to now who you become this big time motivational um, speaker, how do you make that transition or what was that transition like? Yeah, man, you know, the crazy thing is, I, I don't know if you know, but, uh, or if you remember, but I got kicked out of San Pedro as well because I threatened the basketball coach because I was showing off. Uh, he had us try out, right? So this dude named Espaleta, uh, became the coach of, of San Pedro High School. And the, the previous semester or whatever, I was, you know, one of the stars, me and Cordage. It was a, a Croatian dude, right? I was one of the basketball, one of the stars. So it's like, yo, you coming in new and you gonna have us try out. So I just was, I was just messing around during the tryouts. And it was one of those things where they put your name on a board like six hours later and you go find out what, you know, you made the team. And I'll never forget, I looked, um, everybody was like at the board going through the names and they saw me and they kind of turned around. They're like, ooh. And I was like, this motherfucker. He better, my name better be on that. My name wasn't on the board. He cut me because I was messing around. And so he wanted to make an example out of me. And so everybody was like, ooh, 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 Preston didn't make the team. So I, I said, where are you at? And I'm enraged. And this dude is like a 4'11" um you know beautiful asian man but at the time you know i'm six one six two and raging and so i go in the in the gym and i was like espaleta he was like preston i don't have any space or any time for you don't get out of here you're not on the team anymore and i was like you gotta be fucking kidding me i was like i'll fucking kill you and i'm standing over him 
like kind of doing like this, saying that I'm gonna kill you. Fast forward to the police coming and taking me out of class the next period, and I got kicked out of school. Um, and wow, I didn't know that. Yeah, he said he wasn't gonna press charges because obviously when you threaten to kill somebody while literally standing over them, you could go to jail for that. And so I ended up going to Carson, back to Carson High School, and uh, watching most of my friends just deteriorate, right? Like y'all and myself, we had something to like look forward to, right? So we had this dream of basketball and being, you know, stars or playing overseas or whatever the case may be. Well, back in my other neighborhood, back with my other friends, they didn't have that. I was the only one that had that. I was the, the star of the friend group. Everybody else was just like little wannabe gangsters, right? And so I went back there and it just kind of went all downhill. And my dad uh, lost the house that he was living in and start living on the streets and start doing crack cocaine even more than what he was doing at the time when I was younger. And so all my whole life sort of imploded after that. And I ended up going to college and, and, and doing all that kind of stuff. But what triggered me where I am today, and you know, I feel extremely blessed uh, to be somebody who comes from a family, like I come from nothing, right? When, when I knew you and when we were kids, I was living in a tiny ass apartment. Y'all had more than I did in, this, in that sense, right? Um, so today to be a multimillionaire and to have built this whole thing from fucking nothing, I'm extremely proud and humbled uh, because of that. And long story short, I went to college and realized that I felt like an imposter the whole time. I don't know if you've ever had that come up for you in comedy or anything else, but I was like, yo, I'm the stupidest person in this school and somebody's going to find out because I was in special education, which is another thing you probably didn't know about me since I was young, I was in special education. And so I already had the, these uh, traumas and internalized toxic shame about who I am as a person, not like my learning deficiencies, but I thought, oh, I'm actually messed up. And therefore, people are going to find out. And so, you know, as a child, you, you wear all these masks and you, you people please or I people pleased and tried to do all the right things. So I got love. And, you know, I, I was almost apologizing for being this stupid kid. Like my sister was smart, straight A's, all the things. And so for me, it was like, oh, basketball. This is how I'm going to prove my worth to my family. I'm going to be a basketball player. And when that dream died, it was like what do I have and who am I? And fast forward to cheating my way all the way through college. I, I know you went to Prairie View. I went to Southern. I cheated on every single test the entire time. Not one single thing that I did that I not cheat. And I studied my ass off, but I also cheated. And what I recognized was that that old wound, even though I was in college, the old wound of me being, you know, not smart enough, not good enough was following me everywhere. And you know, it showed up even with, you know, with girls and stuff like that. I would, I would see the pretty girl, the one I wanted to date, but I would wait for her because there was some part of me that was like, yo, you aren't worthy. And so fast forward to grad school. Um, I had a few realizations and a few crazy things happen and ended up going to back to LA to become an actor and a model, which is another thing, right? Here, here I am. I know that I have this thing on my heart where I want to teach it. And I want to support people, but I also want to make money. 
so that I can take care of my family. Because under all of this, Dante, was this thought, I got to make it so my dad doesn't die, right? Mm -hmm. Just like, I know you got kids. And so just imagine if your kids, you know, from the age of, let's call it 13, which is when I found out what was going on with my dad, from the age of 13 to 25 years old, I was so stressed out and, and, and trying to be the man of the house and make up for all the things that my dad had unconsciously done to our family that by the time I was 25, I'm in LA and I start to feel these heart palpitations. And I'm like, yo, what is going on? And, you know, you come from where I'm come from, you don't really go to the doctor. So I never went to the doctor. I'm talking about years of not going to the doctor all through college, all the whole thing, right? Six, seven years, I didn't go to the doctor. And then this heart thing came up and I was like, uh, I probably got to check on this. So I go to a cardiologist, dude sits me down, um, takes a bunch of tests, sends me off with this machine that's connected to my chest to check my heartbeat. I come back, he sits me down and he says, listen, young man, um, and I'm, I was sitting in the office with 50, 60, 70 year old people, and I'm 25 years old. And he says, listen, as a, as a doctor, as a cardiologist, I'm supposed to give you some pills that will regulate your heartbeat for the rest of your life. But as a father, as a concerned citizen, uh, I want to have a conversation with you. And I said, okay, what you got? He said, tell me about your diet. And I was like, what do you mean my diet? He's like, tell me what you eat. And I said, oh, I eat food, you know, like McDonald's pretty much every other day, Burger King, Sloppy Joe's, beer, um, cheese, just steaks, um, Popeye's, just what? Food. <laughs> and he was like, ah, young man, that's not food. And I was like, what are you talking about? It's not food. It's on the commercials. My mom, my dad, my friends, my family, everybody I know eats this. This is food, homie. And he's like, ah, unfortunately, it's not food. It's processed. It has GMOs and it's breaking your body down. So uh, that's one. Number two, he said, what are your stress levels like? And I was like, what's a stress level? He's like, tell me about your life. I told him about my dad and what was up for me. And he was like, okay, so here's what I'm guessing is happening for you. You're so stressed out that your body is breaking down and you're going to die if you keep stressing the way you are early. You will not make it. Number one killer of Americans in general, but especially black people is heart disease. And you are an American black boy going into manhood and your heart is already breaking down. And so for me, this was the thing, and I'm going to end the story here. This was the thing, the catalyst moment for me where I was like, oh, I got to make drastic change. And so what happened was, was I instantly started juicing and I, I let go of all fast food and started meditating and, and um, reading. And my girlfriend at the time, Olivia, who you, do you, bro, we'll go there, but who you introduced me to and, and catch the story that I shared before, remember? Mm -hmm. I just shared like 20 fucking maybe five minutes ago that I never went up to girls. Dante introduced me to one of the biggest loves of my life, not the biggest, but one of them. And it's that same thing. She was looking at me. The whole thing was there, but I was scared, right? Imposter syndrome sitting under all of it. Olivia's godmom gave me a book called Ask and It Is Given by Jerry and Esther Hicks. And I'll never forget this. I was so desperate. And I was like, all right, I got it. I'm going to do something, right? She was like, I know you don't read because of dyslexia, but you look into this. 
I opened that book and within the first three pages, it said, your thoughts become things and you create your own reality. And I remember dropping the book. I had a master's degree from Louisiana State University, a BA from Southern University. And I had never heard those words ever in my life. And I like ever. And so my thoughts become things. I create my own reality. What is this? And I got so mad that I opened the book up again. And I was like, oh, I'm going for it. And so essentially, I filled my cup in such a way that there was so much overflow that people in Hollywood, I started booking every commercial. I started like uh, just feeling good. My skin cleared up. I was just on fire and everybody noticed it. And so people kept coming to me saying, yo, like I'm going through this. Can you help me? I was like, yeah, of course. And so at some point I got tired of that. And I was like, I'm just going to create a YouTube channel because there's this thing called YouTube that's slightly popular, but not that popular. I'm going to create a YouTube channel called Questions with Preston, where I answer some of these universal truths and, and questions that people ask me all the time. And, you know, without going too much further, that turned into uh, a bunch of people uh, asking me to speak on stages and it just got bigger and bigger and bigger. And I started coaching and uh, created a couple of different companies. And, you know, the rest is history, man. I've been in flow ever since. Yeah. So I want to back up just a little bit. When you said you read the book, because I've read that same book uh, mm. and it is it is dope. It's like mm -hmm. one of my 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 top three books that I love. Mm. Um, and even even I've even research the videos on YouTube that yes. they, they are they just so powerful but walk me through when you read that in the book about your thoughts become things what did you do to to fill up your cup what did you yeah what exactly did you do 100% so there's quite a few things uh and I'll go through some of the principles that have helped me uh get where I am today number one is I recognize that elevation requires separation so I instantly was like, oh, if I if I want to elevate, I'm going to have to separate from small thinking. I'm going to have to separate like I did with with my diet. I'm going to separate. I'm going to have to separate from the music I'm listening to. I'm going to have to separate from some of my friends who are going out all night, smoking weed, drinking, hanging out. Right. And so I had conversations with my homies. I had conversations with my dad that basically I, I told them, like, I love you, but I'm going somewhere. And not that I'm better than you, but for where I'm going, I'm going to need to take some time away. So that was the first principle. Number one, I, I instantly started to uh, separate myself and create a, a, a vortex, that a little bubble that I lived in where I could really, really get my strength up, right? And so uh, the next thing that I did was I questioned everything. Everything that wasn't, of course, like, uh, for instance, you know that I, I, I surf, right? Um, and so black people don't swim. That's an of course. Black people don't surf. That's an of course. So all of these unconscious agreements that we've made as a society, I just started questioning them. And uh, whatever came back, I was like, maybe. And I just left everything at a dot, 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 maybe. And so all the fixed mindset, because there's two types of mindsets. There, uh, there's a growth mindset and there's a fixed mindset. And most of my life, I operated from a fixed mindset, which meant, you know, rocks are hard, water is wet. 
growth mindset says, uh, maybe, let's find out. Let me tink, tinker, let me tweak, test, polish, let me, let me uh, play more. And I begin to play with uh, the identity and, and expand what I uh, perceive to be possible. Um, number three is I found uh, models, right? It's, it's very hard to be something that you can't see in another person. And so growing up where we grew up, how we grew up, very rarely did you see people uh, as life coaches who were multimillionaires with beautiful families that were dope, that had style, that, that were like fun humans, right? That didn't exist when we were kids. It didn't even exist when we were 25. It didn't exist when we were 28, right? I went and found models like Tony Robbins and Michael Beckwith from uh, Agape and people like that. And uh, I, I studied under them. I read their books. I went to their spiritual centers. I traveled and did workshops and seminars and anything I can get my hands on, I did. And uh, this is actually one of the biggest principles to this day, because what I, what I found out and recognized is, is that uh, broke people, just broke financially, not broke in spirit, because that, that's a whole different ballgame, but broke financially. Uh, when I was broke financially, I would count the cost of everything. And, and when I made the shift uh, to whatever it takes, it didn't matter what the cost was. And, and so I began to live from a no matter what. And, and that literally changed everything, because I'd say, ah, oh, that mountain, I'm climbing that mountain. And then in my body, I'd say, no matter what, I'm climbing that mountain. Not, I'm climbing that mountain, but if it rains, I'm not climbing the mountain. If it storms, I'm not climbing the mountain. If I break my leg, I'm not climbing that mountain. For me, it became there, it's happening. And on the way to climbing that mountain, I began to find out who I was. And every time, and I'm going to open the space up for you to say something, but I just wanted to say this. No, so, no, so like, on. I love this. So like, for instance, you know, if you were to walk into that room right now and it was pitch black, Dante, could you find the light, the light yeah. switch? Yeah. Right. right. Why? Because I'm familiar with this room. I've been in this Correct. room a ton of times. <laughs> exactly. So that's what started happening because we are uh, threefold beings, body, mind, and soul, right? And, and when the three are aligned, we're at our most powerful. Right. Like like Mr. R. Kelly said, my, my, my mind's telling me no, but my body, right? the mind could have one conversation while the body's having another conversation, while the soul is having another conversation. And so what I started to do was align all three of them and my body got the signal. P, you can do this. Right. It's like that moment where you you start dribbling with your left hand and it's awkward at first. But, you know, hour after hour, day after day, there's there's a point when it's locked and loaded and your your body knows how to not just dribble with your left hand, but shoot left hand layups and things of that nature. And so I began to recognize my growth. I began to like catch, uh, oop, my bad. Give me one second. Uh, and, and, and give myself credit for every step that I was taking, which is huge. A lot of people don't give themselves credit. They got the bar so high that they don't understand that what you appreciate appreciates 
What we focus on expands. And so I was focusing on celebration and appreciation. I was saying, you got this, P. Look at you. You did it again. You did it again. You did it again. And my body goes, yep, yeah, you did. And yeah, you can. And so each step of the way, I got a little stronger, a little more confident, a little more playful. And biggest one, and I'm going to stop right here because there's so much I could say about this. Biggest one was I never believed my own hype. Still to this day, I take myself off the pedestal all the time. Am I dope? Yes. Do I have a lot of work to do? Absolutely. And so uh, I stay hungry because of that. You know, I don't let up. My plan is to be fully retired by 45. And so I'm not letting up until that, until that day, to that moment where I'm like, oh, I don't have to ever work again. Cool. Now I'll, now I'll, I'll, I'll relax even more. Right? I do relax, but I'm on a mission right now. Man, it's so it's so crazy to hear you talk about, you know, everything. <clears throat> because and it's so it's so crazy about perspective, right? Mm-hmm. Because from from my lens, Preston had it all together. Like it was, it was, it was like. Preston know exactly where he's going. Yep. He's got it all figured out. He he's like, and it's funny that you talk about um, like course because I remember as kids, it was always Preston doing what was considered not in bounds. You know what I mean? Kind of like pressing the issue, and it was like, and you know, I thought I thought that was dope to me. Where it was like, he's not conforming to what everybody else thinks is cool or what's hip yeah. or what's in style. And I always thought it was just for, for Preston just to get attention. Yeah. Which at, at, at that time, especially when you're young, like high school, college, you're trying to find yourself in the, the, the attention. I was like, it, it's, it's dope. You know what I mean? Especially when you young, you trying to make a name for yourself and just really figure out who you are. And man, I, I, I understand exactly what you were saying when you were talking about going through that process and little by little giving yourself credit. Because um, I feel like I'm, I'm going through that now. You know what I mean? Yes. Um, where I am building this whole platform up. I am building a studio. I do have a couple of different businesses, but it's like every, every inch that I go is scary as fuck. Yes. But as I keep going, I I get more and more comfortable being uncomfortable. If that makes sense. Yes. 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 Church, homie church. That's, that's where it's all at, right? Like uh, building a body that can hold everything you say you want. This is what I, I say to my, my students all the time. Because uh, we, as I, as I mentioned, you know, most people, when they think of the self, they think of their mind. And this, this part, right? The, the head, the heart, and the gut. There's three centers of intelligence. And yet we all try to operate from this one. And what I tell my students is, is, is every, every time you step in the arena, Every time you swing that bat, you're building a body that can hold what you say you want 
and then some. Because I tell you right now, homie, what I'm experiencing in this lifetime is not anything I could have written up, right? There, call it God, call it Krishna, call it Buddha, call it Jesus, call it whatever you want. There is something divine that's moving three, four, five, a thousand steps ahead of us, and we are co-creating with that thing. And so I, I said I wanted certain things, and God, spirit, was like, yeah, but I got something better. And so I kept, uh, one of the principles that I'm, I'm really good at is not being attached to the outcome, right? I, I play for the sake of playing. While I am committed to retiring, I understand that the road to there is the same road that I took when I was 33 and I moved back in with my mom. I, I moved back in with my mom because I was looking around and I was like, yo, I'm helping a lot of people. I'm dope as hell. And yet I'm broke. According to the IRS, uh, 2013 to 2014, I made $32,000, right? I moved back in with my mom in 2014. That year, I made 150000 The next year, I made three. The next year, I made six. The next year, I made a million. Bro, what changed? I was dope literally four months before that shit cracked off. What changed was me understanding uh, some of these principles that we're talking about and, and getting that there's more here, right? That, I think that's the one I didn't share is there's four stages of consciousness. First stage is to me consciousness. This is victim consciousness. It's white people. It's, it's traffic. It's Trump. It's, we're all a victim to something. It's my wife. It's uh, my boyfriend. Whatever your, your thing is, we're all a victim to something. That's the first stage of consciousness. The second stage of consciousness is by me consciousness. This is creator consciousness. This is where and I say I'm climbing that mountain and I climb that mountain. I, get, I beat my chest and I say, let's get it. Right? I go into that warrior energy and I go get it. That's by me consciousness. The third stage of consciousness, which is the one that I operate from the most, is through me consciousness. This is where we say, God, spirit, Buddha, Krishna, Jesus, Allah, what would you have me say? What would you have me do? How can you use me to be a, a, a beacon, a vessel, a light for other humans on this, on this planet? And so allowing myself to be used and not being attached to the idea of how I think it should be and listening to that still small voice that is always in all ways speaking. I've been guided, bro. There's been so many things where I'm like, how did this happen? Right? There's no way I could have orchestrated this. Something greater is doing its thing. Fourth stage is as me consciousness. This is the Buddha nature. This is Christ consciousness. This is that moment when the Molly hits. This is that moment in church when you, when you, uh, get, you, you get the Holy Ghost. This is that moment on ayahuasca or, or mushrooms. This is that moment where you're ecstatic dancing and you just know that there is nothing other than God. There's nothing to say, nothing to do. I don't know if you've ever been that high where you're like, there is not a word I ever need to say because it's all taken care of, right? It, it's the quantum space, as me consciousness. Most of us don't spend too much time there, self-included, because uh, you would just not do anything. Um, <laughs> <laughs> however, those are the four stages. <laughs> Man, how do, how do people tap into to those consciousness? Or what, what, what can people do to, to actually achieve those yep. consciousness without maybe even taking drugs or, you know Correct. what I mean? 100%. 
So what I'm clear about is God and Google act similar. So if you, if you type something into Google, if I type in, why am I so fat? What is Google going to do? It's going to pull up a video of, of something of people eating or. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's going to tell me why I'm fat. It's going to pull up 3000 um, uh, articles on why I'm so fat. Mm-hmm. In my opinion, the thing we call God, some people call it Jesus, some people call it source. That thing is only and always saying yes. Only and always saying yes, just like Google. Mm. So whatever you type into God by way of your frequency, God will only and always say yes. So we can't have what we want, but we may experience what we have. I can't have what I want. If I'm wanting, I'm in lack and limitation. I'm in scarcity. But I may have what I'm having right now, whatever that is. Mm. And God can only do for us what it can do through us. We are vibrational beings. And so when we focus on our vibration, right, to answer your question even more specifically, it's exactly what your viewers and listeners are doing right now. You tap in to other people's frequencies. You learn, you grow. We are social beings born into tribes and communities. We come out of a human right into the arms of other humans. And yet we've been siloed off thinking we got to do it by ourselves, bro. Principle number five or wherever number I'm on, I ask for help. Everybody's so um, trying to be tough guys, bro, ask for help. You don't understand. I got mentors now. I have coaches now. And my mentors, 37 million a year right? And good humans, not just money, good humans. Mm -hmm. So I go to them and say, yo, what am I missing? Show me what I can't see. And it's not that I, that they're better than me. They're more practice in one specific area called abundance. You feel what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like they're not better than me. I'm a, I'm a monster when it comes like, I'm a, I'm a dope ass human. My mentors aren't better than me. They're better. They're more practiced in certain areas. And so I ask for help. So number one is tap into stuff like this and learn and grow from people. Number two is go ask. Number three is set the intention and make sure that you are operating from the beingness first. Most of us have it backwards. We say, oh, if I do a bunch of stuff, I'll have a bunch of stuff and then I'll be successful, happy, free. But the game is not do, have, be, it's be. Be do have get yourself in the vibrational match of what it would feel like when you already have the ferrari feel into like what does it feel like when you're proud of yourself and you've walked across that stage bring that energy bring your own weather every single day everybody's praying for rain and then complaining about the mud but just be the rain be the whole damn sky because to me god is only and always saying yes it literally gives no fucks the same power that gandhi used was the same power that hitler used which is the same power that dante's using which is the same power that preston is using it's all one source not two sources one source Mm -hmm. and the source is saying yes 
always. But the yes is coming from frequency. It's coming from our innermost thoughts. It's coming from the, 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 hmm, the, the knowingness that we are perfect, whole, and complete, but not finished. It's coming from that. What would it feel like if you spent the rest of your day feeling into being perfect, whole, and complete? Nothing to do, nothing to say, nothing to earn out there. I spent most of my life trying to be good enough, trying to prove that I was better than my dad, trying to prove that I wasn't the stupid kid, trying to prove that this blackness isn't going to hurt you, apologizing for how dark and aggressive I am. Homie, never again in this lifetime. I'm playing a whole different game. And the results of that game are the fruits that I get to experience and the cars and the houses and the, all the things they could, they could come or go. I'd still be amazing. And because I flipped that switch in, in that house, I can always get back here. I could lose all of this and I could get right back here because I flipped the switch. It's in my body. Mm. Let's get him. Man, man, man. Goodness gracious. I, I, I feel... I know exactly where you're coming from. Mm -hmm. I know exactly where you're coming from. And my thing is being able to tap into that on a consistent basis because I always have blimps of it where yeah. I'm aligned and I, I know exactly what the fuck I want. And it's just my, my, my thing right now is to just figure out how do I consistently Yep. be on that alignment and be able to feel that all the time. You know what I mean? 100. Where that is just blimps on the little radar. You know what I mean? Yep. yep. I'm with you. I'm with you. The, the answer to that, bro, is accountability, right? Find it, create it, whatever you need to do, be accountable to something or somebody that, that, that you have to check in with. That's why I have coaches and mentors. I'm putting S's on these things. Not just a mentor, not just a coach. I have a relationship coach. I have a life coach. I got a business coach. I got people who hold space for me that say, yo, did you do what you said you would? Oh, it'll be done in 30 minutes. Cool. Locked and loaded, right? And this is, I'm learning. I watch them. 90% of the people I hang with all have way more money than me and have had crazy uh, success in their lives. And so I watch them. I'm hanging around them. I'm in rooms where I'm not, quote unquote, the smartest one. I, I, I'm probably the, the most free, right? Because mm -hmm. I'm not attached to the things, but I'm not the smartest one, right? And so I watch what they do. And then I, I, mem I model that for myself, right? Can I afford their, uh, you know, half a million dollar um, investment group that you got to buy in by putting a half a million dollars in? Nope, I can't, right? But I can go do that at a lower level. I could, there's other investment groups, right? Is that what y'all do? Oh, y'all put your money, y'all help each other, right? I, I put a couple hundred thousand dollars this year into investments of other rich ass dudes and women who have all these other things happening on the planet right now. And that happens because of proximity and proximity happens on a few levels. One, I pay to play all the time. If I want to know or be around somebody, I'll just, hey, can you coach me, right? Or, or I'll just get in their space and I'll make their lives better. I'll figure out how to, how to improve their lives and connect them to certain people and certain things. And the law of reciprocity says that that must come back at some form or fashion, whether it's from them 
immediately or them six, seven months from now or, or somebody else six, seven minutes from now. I'm not concerned with that. Going back to attachment, right? This is what I meant when I said I'm not attached. Most people like, I put a thing over here, so I want to receive from that same space. Nah, homie, that's not how it works. You just give your gift. You just say yes to what's handwritten on your soul. You just keep putting one foot in front of the other. You keep that smile on your heart. And what's going to happen is out of no way, the universe, God, Buddha, Krishna, Jesus will send somebody another blessing to match that vibrational frequency because they're like poles, right? If, if I'm playing in lack and limitation and scarcity, I'm just going to get some of that from over here, right? And so it, it, it's just like North and South Pole. Which, which pole do you want to play with? Mm, yeah. Uh, Man. So how do, um, how do people reach out to you and have you mentor them or coach their group or how do people get a hold of you? Yeah, man, you could find me. Anybody can find me on Instagram, YouTube. Most of the time I'm on Instagram. That's the place where I like actually answer my messages and like all that kind of stuff. Cause I have a team. I have 30 people who work under me. Um, and it's like a whole operation, but Instagram, you can find me there or PrestonSmiles.com. I usually check my YouTube uh, comments every once in a while, but like, you know, it just depends on where you, where you're rolling from. I have a program called stretch 22. That's, that's a little more affordable, but all my one-on-one clients are 30,000 each. And so uh, if, if that's the, the, the range in which you're rolling with, holler at your boy. If not, it's all good. I have other things where we go ham and I make it easy, right? I make it easy and affordable for people. And I just want to say this last thing, my dream, um, and I'm saying this here so you hear it, right? Is I got five years to retire. And at that point, I dedicate the rest of my life to supporting specifically young black males. Um, And so across the board, uh, brown people in general, but I got a special place in my heart for little skinny, ashy black dudes like you and I, because um, I knew what we needed. I now know what we needed back then, and we didn't have it. And so, you know, look at us. We're doing our thing, man. I'm super proud of you too, bro. Um, I uh, I remember I was uh, I was a little butt hurt that you made it and you you went all the way through Kappa, and them dudes tried to kill me, so I didn't make it. Um, so I, was, I remember being super envious, like, ah, this, this dude's a part of something that I wanted to be a part of, but it didn't work out. Um, but uh, yeah, man, you, you, you've been doing your thing, man. It's, it's really good to see. Yeah, I appreciate it, man. Like, I'm going to tell you, like, always from, from, the, from as a kid, even from the time we met, let's say that, from the time we met on to when we was, you know, even all the way through college, it was always, you, you one of my childhood friends, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I, I have, I hold that to a high regard. You know what I mean? Yep. It's really only four of y'all. Yep. Brown, Ali, yep. Osa. Yep. And shit. It was just the four. Is that yeah. four? Brown, Ali, Osa. Me. And you, and you, oh yeah, 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 yep. yeah, 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 yeah. It's for y'all. You know yep. what I mean? That I, that I, that I really, when I look at it, it's like, yo, these are my childhood friends. You know what I mean? 100. Man. Um, now I do got to say, I was a little disappointed when I didn't get invited to the wedding. You know uh, what yeah. I mean? I was. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
when I was when I was inviting people, I was like, I should invite Preston. I was like, I ain't I ain't talked to him. He invited me. I was like, I don't know what it is. I'm like, fuck it. You know what I mean? And then the two people I did invite, the motherfuckers ain't come. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, yeah. I, I would have came, but I was there in spirit anyway, man. And you know what? You know how life is, man. Yeah. We, it, it has its twists and turns. There's at least 10 people that came to my wedding that I'm no longer friends with. There's a dude that was standing three spaces down from me that is not even close to, you know, uh, what I would call a true friend. And so, you know, I made some mistakes. And one of those mistakes was A, not inviting you and B, not really looking at who was in my circle at the time. And, you know, this is just a part of growing up. You know, you, you cycle through friends and you see people's intentions. Some of those people that were at my wedding were, um, their intentions were to just come up. They wanted, they wanted to, to be a part of the momentum and all that stuff. And they wanted to be famous and, and get money like I was. They were my friend, right? Mm-hmm. And so I feel you on that. And, you know, push come to shove any day, all day. If anything ever went down, I would be here for you. For the simple fact that some of my greatest memories ever for the rest of my life, I'll be 70 years old and I'll be going through the Rolodex of crazy ass shit I did. And you will be a part of a whole bunch of it. Um, so much love. Yeah, man. Yeah. I appreciate you for tapping in with me, man. Yep. How's mom's mom's good. She's good, man. I took her to the airport this morning. Um, she went back to LA, but she's moving out here to Austin with us. Okay. All right. Yeah. Well, good, man. Yeah. I, I appreciate you so much, man. We got to, we got to stay locked in. You know what I sure. mean? 100%. Uh, forward, man. Yep. Cool, man. 100. Yo, man, thank y'all for tapping in. This has been the Tap In Podcast. Um, and don't forget, the getting is in the giving. You hear me? The getting is in the giving. This yes. has been the Tap In Podcast. Holla.